Okay, so tonight uh, we're answering a question about whether anything can take precedence over meditation. The question was in regard to sleep, which is a very common question. What to do when you're too tired to meditate? The story of someone who has children and a busy job, busy life, and they find themselves falling asleep. They're in a bit of a dilemma. They want to meditate, but they need to sleep. And so, how do you resolve this? What is it, the question? Was can can there sometimes be, can something sometimes be more important than meditation? Take precedence. And so that, that's the general question. The specific question was about sleep, but we're going to answer the general one, and I'll, I'll try and answer the sleep one as a part of it. So the answer about whether or not anything is more important than meditation the answer is no, maybe, and yes. I'm going to answer it three ways. No, uh, nothing is more important than meditation. If by meditation you mean the path that leads to freedom from suffering, then no, nothing is more important. And the significance there, the, the important lesson with that answer is to remind us that we have to step outside of our conventional sense of what's important. We build up false, let's say artificial ideas of what's important. And by, I use the word false because often you have to call them false. We pick up artificially and when examined deeply things that are of no importance and we say that they're important religions do this religions have so many things that they say are important Buddhism not Buddhism but Buddhists are guilty of this groups of Buddhists I've been as a monk I've been told many times by many different groups what's important and Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't and sometimes you can see how non-important, non-essential things are, can become to be deemed essential. A good example I think is something like politics. Um, because politics starts out in a person's mind uh, as, you know, in a good way, you start, start out being concerned about something, let's say greed. We'll take a, a really good example. A good example would be someone who's concerned about greed, and then they start focusing on how someone is greedy, or some group of people is greedy, let's say the rich are greedy. So then they champion, they hear some politician who says, we should tax the rich people and they follow that person, and eventually it becomes 
less and less about the issue and more and more about winning an election, for example. What I mean is following your party and, and getting caught up in 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 fighting, you know, in in a whole other issue of political systems and human society and, and losing sight of what's really important. Now, this isn't, doesn't answer the sleep, the question of whether you should sleep or meditate. But it's important to remember that there are many things that are um, are going that are, are going to fall by the wayside when we realize how inconsequential they are in relation to meditation, in relation to freedom from suffering, because ultimately the what polit political party wins, um, even whether society becomes pure or not, doesn't isn't going to make a lot of difference if our own minds are sullied in the process. Anger is a really more than greed, perhaps. Anger is more clear. We we see how awful some people are, and we want to we want to end the hatred and and evil, just the wickedness that people have to each other. And so we take up a political cause, and we get very angry ourselves. And if what you're doing involves this corruption of mind, of greed, anger, and delusion, where where you build up someone else as the enemy. And, and instead are creating all these enemies inside yourself, you've missed the point. So that's the broader context of nothing being more important than meditation. But it does relate to the question of things like sleep, because a really good example is uh, Jakubala. The, there are many things that we're going to have to compare to meditation as being important, compare to... Uh, enlightenment as being important and realize that sometimes we have to make sacrifices. Chakupala, the story goes that he didn't sleep for three months and that wouldn't have been a problem um, except that he got sick. He had an eye sickness and apparently he had to take this medicine lying down and because he didn't lie down he couldn't take the medicine in his eyes and he ended up becoming blind. But at the moment he turned blind, they say, he became enlightened, and so he became he was became known as Chakupala. Chakupala means one who guards their eyes. And it's a it's a play on words, or whatever. It's um, there's a there's humor there, I think, uh, or irony or whatever. Because uh, he didn't he didn't protect his eyes. He spent three months destroying his eyes. But the eye he protected was his dhamma eye. His eyes were opened at the end of three months. He became enlightened. He became uh, enlightened and with his eyes open at the same moment that he became irrevocably blind. There's um, a saying that goes, um, we give up, we give up a lot of our time to make money. We'll give up a lot of things like our, our leisure time, our free time, our meditation time even, 
or we give up our time to, to make money. But when it comes time to, when we're sick, if it comes down to losing an organ or something, we'll give up all our money to save an, an arm, a leg, an organ, our heart, our liver, that sort of thing. But when it comes to saving our life, we'll even give up an organ, give up an arm, give up a leg if it's if it's necessary to save the rest of the save our life, save the body as a whole. But and here's here's perhaps that where where we fail, we should be willing to even give up our lives in favor of our mind, in favor of our mental health. Because a life lived unmindfully, a life of evil, is of far less value than a death that is mindful. And death in Buddhism isn't really all that consequential. Meaning, meaning it's not, it's not uh, final. Generally, if, unless you're enlightened, you'll be born again. But if your mind is sullied, it doesn't matter how long you live or how long you put off death. If you continue to be unmindful, then you're just building up a worse and worse death and a worse and worse rebirth. So things like sleep, um, sometimes you'll have to sacrifice them, even your physical health, sometimes you have to sacrifice. I don't think it's all that common. I don't generally see meditators getting sick or so on, but there are always going to be things. Money is a very good example. You think, well, if I'm mindful, I'll be able to be successful in my job. It's true, but you won't want to do it. You won't have any desire to... to engage in the cutthroat practices necessary to get raises and, and get good jobs, and you'll be much more inclined to quit your job and live a simple life, living on a subsistence income. So that's the no, really, that when it comes to things like sleep, there really should be no contest, even if it means that to some extent you may not be as healthy because they, there's an argument that um, sleep is good for your health physically. The second answer may be, well, maybe things like sleep are good for your mental health as well. And certainly doctors will tell you that it's true. I think the issue with sleep is that uh, it's hard to reconcile the experience of an intensive meditation practice with the results of, of scientific uh, clinical studies on sleep. And, and I think the reason is because we're talking about a different state of mind. If you're living a stressful life, with a stressful job and a stressful family and so on, you're going to need more sleep. 
But you hear about old people who don't meditate, perhaps, who live simple lives, um, retired lives, who don't sleep a lot. And I would imagine it's just naturally because they don't need it. Because as a meditator, in the times when your mind is quite focused and peaceful, the idea of sleeping eight hours would be ludicrous. would just seem so far, far out of what's beneficial or useful. But there are things that in instances where you do have to take care of the body, for example, and where do things do take precedence over meditation, only because you need them to support your meditation practice. You need them to support your spiritual growth. Food, for example. The, the Buddha, there was once an example of someone listening to the Buddha's teaching, and before he gave the talk, he told people to give this man, it was a poor beggar, to give him some food. He told the, the monks or the lay people to give him some food because there's no way he could listen to the teaching if he hadn't eaten. This is m more related to the practical reality of, of individuals, that if you don't have food, it's not that you couldn't be mindful, it's that you probably won't be. You'll be thinking constantly about food. So there's often things you have to take care of. Sleep is another example. It's very hard to begin to learn how to even learn how to be mindful if you're constantly falling asleep. So this is why answering questions about, for example, this question, should I sleep or should I meditate, suppose it was posed that way, are hard to answer because they depend very much on your circumstance. And that shouldn't be that surprising. Obviously our, our lives are complicated, but another important aspect of that is that an important part of meditation practice is learning for yourself uh, what is the correct response, what is the correct um, relationship with your experience, with your present experience. When I'm in this situation, what is the proper state? So being able to answer your own problems and questions is a very important part of the cultivation because I can tell you Yes, right now you should sleep, but that won't in any way be significant in helping you understand um, that you should sleep at certain times or that you should meditate at certain times. It can help to guide you. If you get too far off, that's what a teacher is for, to rein you in and say, hey, look, sleep less, for example. Um, But it's important to understand, first of all, that the, the path to enlightenment or freedom from suffering is much more complicated than just meditate. There's going to be much, um, because much of our personality is going to get in the way and twist things around and uh, lead us to practice incorrectly and so on and so on. So learning to know wh when and how and balancing all of our different activities is important. So could sleep be better than meditation? At certain times, I think so. I think it might help you be more mindful. But at certain times, no. At certain times, even when you're very tired, and 
you would find that meditation is quite beneficial. And so ultimately you have to see the path to enlightenment as a, a learning process. It's not magic. It's not like, okay, I do meditation every day and after so many days I become enlightened. Meditation is a tool that's helping you to see yourself more clearly. So sleep is a part of you, part of yourself. So meditation, mindfulness will help you learn about that part of yourself. What is the nature of it? Where is it causing me problems? Where is it helping me? How am I progressing spiritually? And what's getting in the way of my spiritual progress? That's the, it's called vimangsa, this ability to uh, direct and adjust your mind. So that's the maybe part. The no part, oh, there's the no part. The yes part, um, that where we can categorically say something is more important always than meditation, is mindfulness. And this might seem uh, somewhat flippant, but it's not really. The significance here is that we often put too much significance on meditation and not enough on mindfulness. So we do so many hours of meditation a day, minutes of meditation a day, and that's supposed to be significant. It's really not. Minutes are not at all significant. Moments are significant. And mindfulness works in moments. A very common example of how this works in practice is when we don't want to meditate. We develop an aversion towards it because it's stressful often, having to face your mind, having to taste the, your own mental states. And so we develop an aversion to it. This is a common problem I have with meditators, especially in the online, uh, the correspondence course we do. We do online where people meet once a week, I'll have people, people are doing this right now, they sign up on the internet and, um, and once a week we, we meet, we talk over the internet. But often they feel like it's, they don't like, they aren't enjoying it, they don't want to meditate, it's hard to drag themselves to do that. And when when that's the case, it, it um, it's much better for you to not concern yourself with actually medita meditating. And you have to realize that you've stopped being mindful. Because the disliking is, an, is the object of meditation. The best way to deal with disliking to meditate is to meditate on the disliking. Forget about doing your walking and sitting. Being mindful of disliking is going to be so much more beneficial and letting go of the concept, because that's what happens. We build up meditation like a thing, like suddenly this is meditation and we don't like it. You have to do that, because otherwise, where is meditation? If I sit like this, where is the meditation? Meditation is a concept that we build up in our mind. Time is a concept. We say one hour, 30 minutes, 10 minutes even, one minute even. And then we apply, oh no, I have to sit so many more minutes. We apply our emotions to that, disliking it. Sleep is, an, is another good example here. So we think of it as a dichotomy. Either I do my meditation or I sleep. And it really should never be like that, never. You should really, if you're intent on mindfulness, you should never go to sleep. 
it should always be about lying down mindfully. And when you fall asleep, you fall asleep. But trying to be mindful, instead of saying, I'm going to lie down to go to sleep, I'm going to lie down mindfully. And when you're lying, you're wanting to lie down, wanting, lying, lying. And when you're lying down, you can even watch the stomach rising, falling, or you can just say, lying, lying. And you will fall asleep. It's not that hard to fall asleep. It's much easier when you're not stressed about wanting to fall asleep. And I guess that's another part. I don't think that was related to the person asking the question, but it often is where a person really wants to sleep and is insomniac because of their feeling of stress and pressure over the need to sleep. That changes a lot when... It's similar to the, for the focusing on needing to meditate. Needing to sleep is the same. You build up a stress associated with the concept of sleeping when you can just lie down and be mindful and fall asleep quite quickly. So is something more important than meditation? Absolutely mindfulness is more important than what we might call meditation. And all the qualities that come with mindfulness, sila, samadhi, panya, morality, concentration, wisdom, these are what's important. How many minutes or hours or days or months or years or lifetimes you do of meditation is inconsequential. I mean, ultimately not inconsequential because of the capacity when you're doing the medit when you're doing meditation, your capacity to be mindful is much more important. But the format is the formula, the, the, the walking and the sitting is, is not the real work. What's much more important is that moments of mindfulness. And so within an hour, how many moments of mindfulness there were, that's where the real change comes because that's where the training comes, that's where the growth comes. So there you go. That's an answer to the question of whether something is, is anything more important than meditation. I think that answers the sleep one fairly well. I can't um, answer sp to specific situations like do, should you sleep or when, when should you sleep or give you a regimen. And again, I think that goes back to the second part where you have to figure out for yourself. And it's important as a part of your spiritual growth that you gain the wisdom to understand what's, what's most important and when is it important to do this and important to do that. So there you go. Thank you for the question and thank you for listening.